Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. And now, Quiz Kids, listen carefully. Here's the question that will open today's school session. What riddle has prevented a lot of visitors to Pittsburgh this year from going home? Yes, there's the number one brain teaser for the youngsters here in our classroom. And uh, what do you folks at home think of it? Do you know the answer? Well, look, give it some thought while class is called to order and find out who is present today. And now, here they are, the Quiz Kids. Smartly attired in cap and gown, and looking very studious, here is our genial chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. <laughs> Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. As usual, there are five bright-eyed youngsters seated at their desks here in Radio's famous classroom of the air this afternoon. I can tell by their expressions that they're eager to get started on today's schoolwork and ready to give it their very best. And that's exactly what I want you to do, children, for we have a distinguished guest observer from Washington, D.C. with us today. We'll hear from him a little later, but right now, let's get roll call out of the way and get today's unrehearsed competitive question session moving along. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 12 years old and in the seventh grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Noreen? I'm Noreen Opic. I'm 14 years old, and I'm in the 10th grade at U-High. Rochelle? I'm Rochelle Liebling. I'm 8 years old, in the 4th grade at the Gale School, Chicago, Illinois. And we welcome a new member to class this afternoon, Jimmy. I'm Jimmy Wolf. I'm 13 years old, in the 7th grade at Grant White School in Forest Park. And Joel? I'm Joel Copperman. I'm 12 years old, in the Departmental in the Volta School. Oh, 12 years... Oh, that's right, Joe. You had a birthday last Tuesday, did you? Well, that's fine. You know, folks, yes, sir, Joel turned 12 years old last Tuesday. He was only five years old when he made his first appearance in our classroom, and today marks his 200th appearance. Isn't that something? Congratulations, Joel. Well... Have you children figured out that first teaser from Frank Crawl of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania? What riddle has prevented a lot of visitors to Pittsburgh this year from going home? We have two hands up. Joel was first. Well, it'd be Elmer Riddle, Pittsburgh star pitcher, uh, because a lot of visiting teams haven't scored many runs against his pitching. That's absolutely right, Joel. That's fine. Yes, sir. One run, one hit. No errors. <laughs> well, that seemed to be pretty easy for you. Uh, and say, I'll bet Frank Crawl of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, is thinking it's an easy way to win a fine transoceanic portable radio, the most outstanding in its field to date. That's the reward, folks, Alka-Seltzer gives to every listener who sends us a question which is used on our program. If the quiz kids answer your question correctly, you get your fine Zenith transoceanic standard shortwave portable in a handsome luggage case. If they miss your question, 
question. The reward is a magnificent 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combination with the automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, two FM bands, a luxury radio in every way. You'll be exceptionally proud of either Zenith radio, so send those questions along, folks. Send them to Quiz Kids Chicago. Well, now, kiddies, it sounds as if Cora Ryan of Tacoma, Washington, were really trying to get you mixed up with this question. You are to get two out of three in order to score. If Italy were Yugoslavia, what would Rome be? Lonnie. Well, I imagine that would be because the capital of Italy is Rome. That would mean the capital of Yugoslavia, which so, is Belgrade. That Belgrade, that's right. Absolutely right. Now, if a piano were a B-flat clarinet... What would B-flat be? Lonnie? C. C, absolutely right. Uh-huh. If the Civil War were the Spanish-American War, who would Lincoln be? Lonnie again. Who Or no, I'm huh? sorry, McKinley. What? McKinley. Well, that's right. William McKinley only asked for two out of three, and you gave me three out of three. That's a nice point. Lucy Romer of Chicago offers a novel way of presenting an English lesson in music. You are to tell what punctuation mark is suggested by the words of the following songs. Here's number one. Lonnie? That's who. That would suggest a question Question mark. mark. Right, Uh uh-huh. See what we can do with this number two. Lonnie again. That's blues in the night. Blues in the night? Uh. So the lyrics, uh... At a certain point. Point? Well, now, wait a minute. Now, don't get too technical, Lonnie. All right, go ahead. I'll ask the question. You answer uh, it. Can I ask a question of you? All right. Uh, Is uh, it in the title of the song? No, it isn't in the title. It's in the lyrics. Well, how does it start out there, Lonnie? That's my mama done told me. That would be quotation marks. Well... Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. My mama done told me. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. And here's number three. Noreen. Well, that's an exclamation, oh, Johnny. That would be Oh, Johnny, point. exclamation. That's right, sir. <laughs> Lillian Easter Fran of Brooklyn, New York, says she sympathizes with children when they get mad at inanimate objects. She thinks life would be simpler if objects could speak up and take the blame for a person's mistakes. For instance, a picture might say, uh, I did it, and I'm willing to hang for it. See? That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, I made that one up myself here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, now suppose these objects were willing to take the blame. What might they say? First, a book. A book. What might a book say? Lonnie. Well, uh, I did it, and you can close this case for life. <laughs> that's, well, that's the idea. That's very good, Lonnie. Jimmy? Oh, stand up for what's right. I mean, there's a print in a book, and when you think of print, you think of right. Right. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yes, sir. Huh? And Joel? I'm sorry for what I did. I was just a worm. A bookworm. A bookworm. Oh, now, wait a minute. <laughs> I was just wondering how you were going to wiggle something out of that. Yeah. Uh, Noreen? Well, pages are called leaves, so you could say leaves me alone. Leaves me alone. Uh-huh. Uh, Lonnie? Uh, I did it. You can bind me up if you have to. 
I did, uh, bind. bind me. Oh, I, oh, say, those are all good. Well, let's see what we can do with this other one. Uh, Jimmy, do you have one left over there? We could say it was down under cover for the cover book. <laughs> under cover, uh-huh, all right. How about a stove? What would a stove say? Jimmy? I can stand up on my own four legs. I can stand up on my four legs, uh-huh, all right. And uh, Lonnie? I shouldn't have gotten so hot that night. I <laughs> <laughs> just uh, blew my top. Uh, just blew my job, huh? Noreen? You could have a lot, a heated argument and you could blow off a lot of steam. That's, that's right. And Jimmy? I was going on all four burners. All four burners, fine. All right. Well, now, before we tackle this next question, here's Bob Murphy with a reminder. Yes, remember, friends, only five more days before the big Decoration Day weekend. Buy that extra package of Alka-Seltzer now and take it with you wherever you go. Yes, that's wise planning, all right. Suppose, for example... You're taking a holiday trip in the car. Well, you never know when someone in the party may get a headache or have an acid indigestion upset. It may be late at night when it happens, or you may be a long way from a drugstore. But you'll have fast relief right at hand with that extra package of Alka-Seltzer in your car. And when it's so easy to take it along, so easy to be prepared for such an emergency, why take a chance on letting a thing like a headache or an acid stomach upset ruin your pleasure? Alka-Seltzer can have you feeling ship-shape again and in a hurry, too. So remember, folks, when you go to your drugstore for Alka-Seltzer, make it two packages instead of one. Keep one at home, as usual, and take the other package with you wherever you go. Think of it this way. An extra package in the car can act just like a spare. You may not need to use it, but it's wise to have it there. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore. All right, kids, here we go with more questions. Since Roy Dooley of Lockport, Illinois, is a Bible student, the present newsmaking events in Palestine are of special interest to him. He read last week that the Egyptians had entered Gaza. He wonders if you quiz kids know how Gaza might have made newspaper headlines over 2,000 years ago. Joe? Well, 2,000 uh, years ago, I think that was around 60 before, and I think... Uh, I think uh, Alexander, rather, uh, Caesar had a lot of trouble in there, but he finally came out on top. Well, uh, I, uh, I, I don't think uh, we can include uh, Caesar in uh, that particular time, uh, uh, Joel. Uh, we're in, uh, of course, we're, uh, we are speaking uh, about uh, Gaza. Uh, Lonnie? Uh, well, I'm not sure, but isn't Gaza the place where the Great Pyramid is? Well, no. No, no. Well, that's Giza. <laughs> yeah. G-I-Z-A. Well, that must be it, that, yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, Joe? Well, 2,000 years ago, that'd uh, be 52 B.C., and that was about eight years before uh, Caesar was assassinated, so I think it would have something to do with uh, Caesar. Well, no, it doesn't, Joel. Uh, Noreen, did well, you that want... That was about the middle of the Roman Empire. Well, no, I'll try to in Gaza uh, uh, over 2,000 years ago. Uh, Lonnie? Well, wasn't that one of the uh, kingdom? Uh, wasn't that one of the lands in the southern kingdom when Israel was divided between the northern and southern kingdom? Well, uh, wait a minute. I think we're getting off the beam on this. Uh, in Gaza over 2,000 years ago, uh, Samson was held prisoner by the Philistines, you see. And uh, on uh, a previous visit to Gaza, Samson carried off the doors to the city gates. And then in earlier days, Gaza was assigned to Judah. And uh, quite a few things happened uh, uh, back there. So my cards tell me here, yes. Uh-huh. All right, well, 
Thank goodness for the cards. Now, we're going to have to count that one to miss, kids. So that means that Roy Dooley of Lockport, Illinois, uh, wins a big 239.50 Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Kids. Now, here's a really unique question from Lynn D. Thomas of Rockwell City, Iowa. In each of these famous sayings, he has inserted a musical term. Substitute another musical term for the one given in order to carry out the original meaning of the quotation. All right, here's the first one. Speak fortissimo and carry a big stick. Lonnie? Well, I think it would be better to... Uh Say, speak piano and carry a big sticker. Well, what pianissimo. does fortissimo mean? Fortissimo means very loud. That's right. And, and uh, speak piano means soft. And this quotation is speak softly and carry a big stick. And who, uh, Teddy who said Roosevelt. that? Teddy Roosevelt. That's right. Uh-huh. And see what we can get this next one. Largo, Henry the Flit. Rochelle. Slow and well, Largo. Largo, Largo means, slow. means slow, but uh, uh, blank, uh, Henry the Flit, that's, uh, let's see, can we click, Lonnie? Presto, Henry. Well, or why do you say presto? Well, that'd be fast, quick. That's right. Quick, Henry. Uh, yeah, and, and it really is quick, Henry the Flit. Uh-huh, very good, kids. Now, next is a math problem about a subject that should interest you, quiz kids, because it's about school children. And I'm going to have our distinguished guest observer ask the question because he knows more about school children all over the United States, their teachers and their schools, than you could shake a ruler at. Our guest is none other than the head of the Federal Security Agency, which includes the Federal Office of Education in Washington, D.C., Mr. Oscar Roth Ewing. Thank you, Mr. Kelly, and I want to say hello to you bright and happy quiz kids. Since I am concerned with the health and education of all the children in our country, I would like to ask you quiz kids to do some figuring about the boys and girls who don't get a chance at good schooling. Now, here's my question. There are 24 and a half million children between 5 and 19 who are in school, but this is only 80% of the total who ought to be in school. If all the children who are left out are sent to school, and if there are 30 children to a teacher, how many more teachers would we need to take care of the additional children? <laughs> well, Joel, there's well, your hand. The uh, answer would be a 30th of a fourth of 24 and a half million, a fourth of 24 and a half billion, is uh six million one hundred and twenty five thousand. Good. So it'll be six million one hundred twenty five thousand over thirty, or six hundred twelve thousand five hundred over three, or to the nearest child it'll be two hundred and four thousand one hundred sixty seven. Good, absolutely. <laughs> I don't get any radio on that question. <laughs> I want to thank you, Mr. Kelly, for giving me the, the privilege of taking part in this broadcast. And if I may, I'd like to ask a favor of the kids, quiz kids, and the many children who listen to this entertaining program. I'm interested not only in giving every boy and girl a good school leave, but also in the improving, in, in, in the improved health of our school children. And I want to ask all of you to make the school health program a whopping success. It's up to you to interest your parents in it. 
And above all, if you show up with a tooth that needs filling, or eyes that need glasses, or anything at all that needs correction, do your part. Cooperate with your parents and doctors and teachers so that you yourselves and the country will be stronger, healthier, and happier. Thank you, Mr. Ewing. Well, here we go with more questions. Greta Courier of Milford, New Hampshire, says the causes of the following fights were not much more trivial than some of the minor misunderstandings that have started wars. She asks, for what were the lion and the unicorn fighting, Noreen? They were fighting for the crown, and that's also the cause of many wars. <laughs> that's right, uh-huh, in both instances. Uh, tell me this, why did Tweedledum wish to fight Tweedledee, Lonnie? Well, that was in Through the Looking Glass by so? Lewis Carroll, and uh, wasn't... Wait a second. Well, why did Tweedledum... I forget. I haven't read the book. Uh, Rochelle? Well, Tweedledum had broken his new rattle, and he was very angry. Uh, you mean he had broken... Uh, his new rattle. Uh, Tweedledee's new... Uh, rattle. Rattle, that's right. And Tweedledee was the one who was very, very mad, huh? Noreen? Well, may I add that Through the Looking Glass and Alice in Wonderland were written... Uh, they were satires on English history at that time. So, And Lewis Carroll was actually speaking about wars, but I'm not sure which ones they were. Uh-huh, that's very, very good, Noreen. Thank you very, very much. All right, Mrs. G.L. Markham of Prairie du Chien, Wisconsin, has discovered that the first names of two of her friends are hidden in the names of famous rivers. Let's see if you can tell her what they are. First, if you take the name of a river in Russia and omit the first letter, you have a girl's name. What is it? Noreen. Olga, that's the Volga River. That's Pulled right. out of the Caspian Sea. That's right. Uh-huh. Now take the name of a river bordering Oklahoma. Omit the first letter and you have a boy's name. What is it, Lonnie? Ed. The river is the Red the River. The Red River. Omit the R and you have Ed. That's the boy's name. Now then, here's Bob Murphy with a problem. A problem is right, Joe. It concerns two people, a car, a trip, and a headache. Now, to solve this problem, we must look into the future and join Jim and Molly on their way to a resort. Yes, it's the big Decoration Day weekend, and Jim and Molly should be feeling carefree and happy, for they've been planning this holiday treat for months. As a matter of fact, Jim is happy. You can tell by that big smile on his face. But uh, look at Molly's irritated expression, and just listen to her. Jim, for heaven's sake, do we have to poke along like this? We'll never get there at this rate. Hey, just a minute ago, you said I was driving too fast. Well, you were. I wouldn't have said so if you weren't. Look, honey, why don't you take the wheel for a while? No, I told you before, I don't want to. Gosh, Molly, I thought we were going to have a swell time, but... Well, what is it? Don't you feel well, dear? No, and I wish we hadn't come. This is the most deserted road I've ever seen. We haven't gone through a town with a drugstore in it for hours. I have a headache, a miserable headache. Oh, well, I wish we'd just stayed home. Is that all? Well, look, honey, reach over in the back there and get the thermos bottle, and I'll stop the car and fix you some Alka-Seltzer. You mean you brought some Alka-Seltzer along? You bet I did. I bought two packages at the drugstore the other night, and that extra package is right here in the car. There's the solution to our problem, all right. And let it be advice for you, friends. When you go to your drugstore for Alka-Seltzer, get two packages instead of one. Take that extra package of Alka-Seltzer with you next weekend. Then if a headache or acid indigestion threatens to spoil your fun, you're all set to get relief the fast, effective Alka-Seltzer way. Remember, an extra package is what you want to take along on that holiday jaunt. 
All you listeners who enjoy hearing little eight-year-old Rochelle Liebling play the piano on our program will enjoy this question from Esther Murphy of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Now, you quiz kids are to listen carefully while our organist, Howard Peterson, plays parts of three classical numbers. You are to try to identify them, of course, but this won't be easy now because he is going to do his best to disguise them. To answer the question, you must discover what Uncle Howard has done to change the music and, if possible, sing the composition the way it should sound. And to make a little variety, I'll ask Rochelle to step to the piano. Instead of singing, she can play her answer. So will you step over the piano, Rochelle? That's fine. I've got a pillow on the piano bench, and your extension pedal is all attached. You all ready now? Y'all sat over there? At the time. All right, now, here's the first classical number. See if the, you kids can tell in what way Howard Peterson has changed it. Joe? Well, that's from Carmen, but I don't, by Bizet, but I don't no. quite know no. the number. No, no, that's wrong. Noreen? I was going to say that, too. You were? Lonnie, you had your hand up. Oh, I, I thought it was the opening of some Beethoven symphony, but it's not. It is not? Well, let's have it again, just a little of it. Uh... All right, Lonnie. Well, that sounds like it should be in a... I, it sounds like it should be in a major key, uh... I, he was playing it in a minor key, B flat he minor, B exact, but uh, it sounds kind of familiar, but I can't place it. Well, you're, about, you're right about the keys, uh, Lonnie. There's one other thing. Uh, you were right about the composer a while ago, too. So, oh. uh, what is it? Well, I, I don't know. Can you I don't... hear it once more, please? Uh, once more? All right, just a little of it, uh, Howard. All right, uh, Noreen? Well, could that possibly be Beethoven's Symphony in B minor? No, no, couldn't possibly. Uh, Lonnie? Well, Beethoven wrote a symphony in B flat major, his fourth. That could be yes. No, uh, Howard, play it like it should have been played in the first place. <laughs> Go up. <laughs> Lonnie? That's minuet in G. That's min minuet in G. Beethoven's minuet in G. Uh-huh. And, of course, it was uh, it was played sort of uh, like a foxtrot instead of waltz, and uh, you uh, gave me the other uh, change about the, the keys. Uh-huh. All right, let's see what we can do with this next one. Rochelle? Could that be the waltz in E minor? What, dear? The Waltz in E minor by Frederick No, no, no. Let's have, uh, all right, uh, Rochelle has her hand up again, all right. Maybe that's a prelude in C-sharp minor. Uh, and who's the prelude? Is that, uh... By Rachmaninoff. That's right, uh, that's right. And, uh, so, uh, what, uh, what else is, uh, can we clear up on that? All right, uh, Could Rochelle. Could you play that again? I don't understand. I didn't hear that. All right, uh, let's have it again, uh, Lonnie? Well, uh, that it's played in, a, in, in the wrong key and it's in a waltz tempo. Yeah. It, it, that part should go well, the way he was playing. Oh, 
Well, that's a that's a rod and near the in the end of the middle section of it, and it'd go like this. Uh-huh. Like and it was played in a different key. You that's know what right. It's supposed to, that was uh What in, key was it played in? You know? C minor. C minor, that's right. And by the way, uh, by the way, Rochelle, can you play it, honey, like it uh, should have been played in the first place? Can I play it from the beginning? Well, all right. Fine, Rochelle. Now, here's number three coming up. See if you can get this. Lonnie? That's Waltz in E minor by Chopin, and uh, it's it was played in a major key and in a different tempo. So here's how it should go. La, 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 All right. Let's, uh, Rochelle, can you play it on the piano for us? Thank you, Rochelle. I certainly agree with our listeners when they say you are a real accomplished little artist on the piano. Well, kids, we had a miss on that. Yeah, and that means that Esther Murphy of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, will receive one of the big Zenith 23950 Zenith radio phonograph combinations from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Well, there's the old school bell, children, so class is over for today. Now, before we hear the judges report on your schoolwork, I have a very important announcement to make. Next week, Sunday, May 30th, we will give you the results of our 1948 Best Teacher Contest. Now, this is the big news you've all been waiting for, the announcement of the winners in our recent Quiz Kids Contest. And inasmuch as the Office of Education comes under the jurisdiction of the Federal Security Agency, I'm going to ask our guest observer, Mr. Oscar Ewing, head of this important governmental office, uh, to comment on the significance of this announcement. Mr. Ewing. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. I'm glad to have this opportunity to join with you in paying tribute to the teachers of America. The teachers in our schools are our first citizens, first in devotion to duty and self-sacrifice, and in their influence in the molding of our future citizens. Surely one of the most vital needs is to make the teaching profession attractive, not merely in financial rewards, but in dignity and honor. We should encourage our most able and brilliant men and women to become teachers, for my part, I think we should elevate teaching to one of the loftiest professions to which ambition can aspire. That is why I think the letters sent in to your Quiz Kids contest on the teacher who has helped me most are such a good idea. I hope every boy and girl in the country counts some wonderful teacher as a friend. You'll remember those teachers all your life. This contest has given you a chance to tell them and to tell the world how much their help and guidance really counts now and for your future. It has been a real pleasure to be here in class with you quiz kids today. And I want to congratulate you and your sponsor, the Miles Laboratories, on this fine program which contributes so much to the understanding of the importance of education in America. 
Thank you, Mr. Ewing. And our quiz kids, here's the report on today's question session, and it will tell us who comes back to class next week. Of course, you children know that win or lose, you will each receive a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Well, let's see. Uh, the judges say that our entire class missed uh, two questions this afternoon. Lonnie is first. Joel second, and Noreen third. That means you three will be back in class next Sunday, along with David Freifeller, age 12, and Sandra Vegas, age 9. We'll have some more interesting questions next week and a fine panel of youngsters to consider them. And don't forget, we're making the important announcement of the winners in our third annual Best Teacher Contest. Some teacher in the United States will receive $2,500 and a trip to Chicago to appear on our program June 6th, Two other teachers will each receive $1,000 in cash, and prize-winning pupils will get $1,500 in cash. These winners will be announced next Sunday. Now, this is something you'll want to be sure to hear, so all you folks plan to be present in class next week, won't you? Until next Sunday, then, same time, same station, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye-bye, <laughs> Mothers, are you having trouble getting your growing children to take their vitamins every day? Try giving them one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Each one-a-day brand multiple capsule contains all the vitamins for which the amount needed for grown-ups and children has been established. What's more, one capsule every day is all they take. And one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules are low in cost. A full two-month supply for only $2. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamins, good for growing children and adults. Remember, for vitamins the easy way, for vitamins the thrifty way, the brand you want is one a day. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week, and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations.